Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And to have a Fortune you know, 100 company to step up to the plate in my ward, I think is really a tribute to what we've been able to do out here in the community. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is Far South Side Alderman Anthony Beale, who represents Roseland, Pullman, West Pullman, Riverdale, Chesterfield, West Chesterfield, and Roseland Heights. Tony, thanks for joining us. They say you can't fight City Hall, but you did and you won. How did that happen? Well, it happens when, uh, you know, we form a, a, a message and a, a positive message that my colleagues saw that, uh, you know, we have a great program and it was just a matter of getting everybody to understand what the program entailed and, uh, you know, and, and rolled it out. And, you know, I think my colleagues understood the importance of what I was trying to do. I was thinking outside the box, um, came up with an innovative, creative crime fighting strategy. And, uh, I think we need to be trying something if not everything at this point in time, when you have carjackings uh, going through the roof, when you have record numbers of homicides in the city and things are, um, you know, just in turmoil. And this is just a creative tool that, you know, I'm trying to help not only my ward, but if it works, it can work, the, uh, you know, throughout the entire city and be a positive pilot program to help reduce crime. Now, let's explain to everybody what it is you have in mind. You are going to turn a home on a crime plague block in Roseland into a privately funded mecca for community policing. You call it a cop house. What is a cop house? Well, a cop house, uh, of course, is uh, community oriented uh, uh, policing. And that's where, where, where the cop house name comes from. And basically, it's it, you take a house on a, a crime, uh, uh, you know, challenged area, and you put this cop house right smack dab in the middle. And then what happens is the developer is going to transform this house into, uh, and it's basically like you're rehabbing any other house in a community, uh, except the police are going to report to that house. The CAPS officers, instead of going to the district, they'll go to the house. And then, you know, we work with the community and come up with some other creative ideas on what can go inside the house. We can have a computer room inside the house where people can do some computer literacy. Or if a person doesn't have a computer or Internet at home, they'll be able to go there and access a computer. Maybe there's a reading room. Maybe there's a small daycare room in the, that uh, the people can take advantage of. And what happens is if you have the community and the kids going in and out of this facility, they're interacting with the CAPS officers. And so basically this is just taking CAPS to a whole nother level. And then what happens is you have, um, you, we're going to put cameras around the house so the, the, the facility is going to always be under surveillance. And we're going to work with Kaboom. Kaboom is going to come in and take a lot next door or, or an empty lot on the block. And we're going to put a play lot on that, on that empty lot. 
and we're going to put that play lot under surveillance. And then that way the kids have a safe place to go very right in the community. The kids can go there. They can, you know, play on a, uh, on a play lot. And it's just a way of, you know, engaging the community, engaging the police. That way people don't understand, they understand that the police are not our enemy. They're our friend. And we build that trust. And, you know, this works in racing, Wisconsin. They have five of these houses in racing, Wisconsin. And it has attributed to the very inception of the first house in racing, Wisconsin. Crime has dropped over 70%, not seven, 70%. And I just think this is a great program that we need to bring to the city of Chicago. And we're going to implement this pilot at no cost to the city of Chicago because we have a private entity that's funding the rehab, reconstruction, redevelopment of this house. And all we have to do is put the police in there. Uh, uh, Sheriff Dart has agreed to put some of his resources in there. And I think it's just going to be a win-win for the entire city. Now, I'm told that the private corporate donor is S.C. Johnson. In fact, they have confirmed that. They've made a $250,000 commitment. They are a multi-billion dollar corporation that is not a household name, but their household consumer chemical products surely are, particularly during this pandemic. Who are they? They're in your ward. Talk about how this came about. Well, you know, um a few years ago, we um, built a company called Method, and Method, um, they, pr- they produce and make um, home cleaning products. Uh, S.E. Johnson has since bought Method, uh, and so uh, they came in and took over that building, and then we, sp- we, we built a spec building, another 400,000 square foot building just behind the Method uh, building, and S.E. Um, Johnson is purchasing that particular building. And so they approached me about how they could, you know, be a partner in the community, how they can, you know, come into the area and help with, you know, crime and help with all other things. They want to be a good citizen and uh, a good corporate uh, partner and neighbor in our community. And so we embrace that. And so, you know, um, you know, I don't know how you got that information on, you know, they were the funder, but, you know, they um, they since, um, you know, confirmed it. So, yes, they are the funder. And, um, you know, they wanted to give back to the community, and this is a great tool that they fund elsewhere, and they wanted to, um, you know, bring it to my community. And we're excited that they're stepping up to the plate, and that's what more corporations should do. So I applaud S.E. Johnson for, you know, not only being a partner in my community but giving back to my community because, you know, their heart is in the right place. And to have a Fortune, you know, 100 company to step up to the plate in my ward – I think is really a tribute to what we've been able to do out here in the community. And they're based in Racine, so they know this program. Did they come to you with this idea? Well, you know, they have a host of things, and uh, they did approach me. Uh, you know, back in 2018, I did go to Racine, Wisconsin, uh, and got familiar with the program. Uh, we got took a to- full tour with the police department, um, what the program does, and, and I've been trying to get this you know, since uh, late 2018, 2019, I've been trying to implement this program. Uh, so, yes, they um, they want to be a partner. They want to help me reduce crime. And, I, you know, I want to say this again, Fran, out of the 15 what they call most crime-ridden communities in the city of Chicago, Roseland is the only one that has shown a 33% decrease in crime out of all the other communities in the city of Chicago. 
Now, that's a tribute to the fact that we've been able to do things differently, do things outside the box. We've created jobs. We've created the community center. We're, we're working on housing. We have the National Monument. So all these things we've been able to work on and, and bring you know, to light in the community is the reason why crime is down in the community, and we want to keep moving. We don't want to be stagnant. And so this is another tool to help us continue that trend going down instead of you know, going back up. So this $250,000, is this over two years or one year, and, and, and what will it pay for? Well, we're hoping that uh, this is the beginning of a longstanding relationship. I'm hoping that, you know, we can possibly do a, a second house in short order. Uh, you know, I would love to do two, uh, but what it's going to do is going to allow us to purchase the property. It's going to allow us to rehab the property uh, and, and put the cameras around the property and also, you know, pay the utilities for for a while uh, because, you know, the, the private entity is still going to be responsible for the upkeep of the property, cutting the grass, shoveling the snow, paying the utilities and the taxes and things like that. So the police department is just going to be a tenant in the building at no cost to the city of Chicago. And so we're hoping if it works that, you know, with a company like SC Johnson, you know, hopefully if it works and it's rolled out in the right manner, then we can go ahead and, and maybe, you know, they'll be a longstanding partner and they'll continue to fund it down the road. So who's the private entity that owns the house? Well, we, we now, because this has been going so long, we had a contract on a house and we since lost that contract because, you know, it was, it's been two years. And so the very first house we had in mind, we had a contract on it and we ended up losing the contract and the property has been sold. But the house that we were looking at, Fran, since we started trying to do this, five people have been shot and two people have been killed in or around the house where we were trying to first implement this. So we were able to implement this when we first started you know, this program, trying to get it going. We probably could have saved a couple of lives and maybe stopped a couple of people from getting shot. So where will you build the house now that that fell through? Well, we don't want to tip our hand because you do know that if, if people find out that, uh, you know, um, you know, we're trying to put a cop house in that property, then the price is going to go up. And so we, we want to, um, you know, hold that close to our vest right now. And uh, but we're we're actively looking for another uh, piece of property in the same area. And I don't want to give you the area, but we want, you know, we want to um, look in that area and find another piece of property that's vacant. Will Chicago Neighborhood Initiatives, David Doig, the former Park District and Planning Commissioner, be involved in this? Well, the donation from S.E. Johnson was given to the, the non-for-profit developer, uh, CNI. So CNI, uh, you know, they've received the donation, and um, CNI is, is going to be the, the one that's probably going to rehab and uh, get the house ready for the police. And what will the $250,000 cover? And is there anything that the city or the police department will have to cover? Well, right now, I don't think the city uh, has to cover anything. I think the $250,000 will help uh, with the acquisition, and then it will help with the rehab, and then you know to get the property online. Uh, remember, we do have to put cameras around the property, so you know we have to have uh, cameras installed. And so I think 250000 is is a, a really, really good start so we can hit the ground running. And, and, and let me just say this, Rand. The one thing about this, this cop house that's unique is that once the problems subs really subside in that area, that we are able to sell that house 
at a low income to a low income resident to get a freshly rehabbed house and then we've moved the house and we do it somewhere else because we know problems move around and so if another area where there's maybe a spike we want to be able to you know use the proceeds from that house and move it to the next area and and plop a cop house in that particular area as well and then we also want to bring all the city wraparound services in in involved with this we want to make sure the department of housing comes in and helps residents maybe with some infill housing on some of these vacant lots maybe help some residents with a new roof maybe a new porch things like that that way you uplift the entire community and not just the block so it's going to have a ripple effect so you know this thing is a, has a holistic approach to it it's creative it's innovative and i think it's going to be a huge success if we can get it implemented right in a letter to you last week, Mayor Lightfoot said she cannot support and therefore would be encouraging members to table this discussion, which they did not, because of concerns about funding and officer security and equipment, and because the idea, she said, runs contrary to the police department's underlying community policing strategy. Why do you think your colleagues ignored that? Well, again, it's just a matter of sitting down talking things out and understanding exactly what it is. Uh, you know, and so the police department, I've had four meetings with the police department. I've had meetings with three superintendents on this project. And, you know, we've been working on it for a while. And I think now that we're talking about it in committee, we're talking about it publicly. You know, I mean, I couldn't talk about the funder because again, the funders asked me not to, um, you know, say that they were the funder until everything was approved. And I still hadn't done it. Uh, but it, you know, I guess somebody must have leaked it um, to where you guys got it or uh, somebody put it out there. Uh, but now that it's out there, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, work with my funder. We're going to work with SC Johnson. We're going to work with CNI to get this thing done. And I think my colleagues saw it as an innovative tool when we're right now, the city is up for grabs. So we have to do something different. We have to do something creative, and this is this is just that. Yeah, I mean, the murder rate is up more than 50%. Shootings are up more than 50%. Carjackings are up more than 135%. People are afraid to get in a ride here, get in their own cars, go to the gas station. Uh, your colleagues seem to be saying, we've got to try something else. This is not yeah. working. People are scared to death. Absolutely. And and that's why it passed. I think it was 49 to zero that my colleagues see that we have to do something different. And if this pilot works and we can roll it out in other areas, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not saying and I'm not delusional that this is going to solve all our problems. But if we can throw something else at the problems that we're dealing with, and this is just another tool to throw something else that will help reduce the air, the crime in the area, build relationships with the community and the police, and uh, and even our corporate uh, entities. This is a, a holistic approach to come at some of the problems that are plaguing the city of Chicago. Now, the substitute order that the mayor said she went along with would authorize the cop house in the Calumet district, provided that a corporate sponsor can be identified for a two-year pilot check, I guess, right? That's check. Right. Uh, that funding source is acceptable to the budget director and police superintendent, and that an ordinance is passed appropriating and ensuring the continuity of funds. Are there any parts of that that you can't do? Absolutely not. Uh, well, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, when you look at S.C. Johnson, which is a national company, 
I don't I don't think getting them approved um, with the donation is 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 going to be a problem. Um, you know, we have a, a template uh, to follow to implement that. You know, what this cop house does, what it can do, and uh, what it should do, and that has already been been presented to the department uh, back in 2018, early 2019. So they have all that information. So all the the, the answers to the questions that are being posed have been answered. And so they, I don't see why we, you know, we, we should not hit any roadblocks. We should be able to move forward with this in an expedited manner. Now, in her letter, Mayor Lightfoot also argued that your plan to effectively set up a district substation somewhere in the 5th District raises serious questions about the safety of officers and the general public and the equipment. What do you say about that? Well, again, those are the logistics that we need to work out uh, with the implementation. And and when we talk about safety, Fran, the, I think it's the police department's um, job to protect the community. The question should be, you know, how the police protecting the community. You know, the police, with the presence going in and out of this house, the presence alone of the police going in and out, with the Cook County Sheriff's Office going in and out, with the, the community, the kids going in and out, it's going to create a safe haven. And so I think it's going to have a positive effect. And, you know, any question that, you know, the administration has, the police department has, you know, I think we've answered all of those questions. And now it's just time to implement the program. What about her claim that it runs contrary to community policing strategies being employed by the current CPD leadership? She says that the best response comes when officers meet the community where they are getting out of their squad cars outside of formal police buildings. She seems to say that this is not the, the strategy that she wants to employ for community policing. Well, I, I just say again, we need to try something different, something creative, something innovative, and uh, and let's see, you know, what happens. I think, you know, this program has a track record that works, and I think we need to explore it, try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we gave it a try. You are one of Mayor Lightfoot's most outspoken critics. You've been on the outs, and you were dumped from leadership in the council and frozen out of her city council reorganization despite your seniority after expressing your vocal opposition to her choice of Scott Wagesback as finance chairman. Is that why she tried to shelve this idea? Well, you know, that's not something that I can answer. Um, that's something that you'd have to, you know, talk to the mayor about. You know, the, the mayor chose fit to, um, you know, choose her leadership team. And, you know, but that doesn't stop me from creating jobs and opportunity in the community. When you look at we've created over 15, 1600 jobs in the area. We've uh, been able to leverage four hundred and thirty five million of public private partnerships and um, in development in the community. Uh, you know, we have a national monument that it will be opening up uh, Labor Day of this year. And, uh, you know, so all these positive things that are happening, all these great things are happening. So I'm going to just continue to be focused on my mission that the people have elected me to, to fulfill. And that's reduce crime, work on a better education, bring jobs and opportunity to the community. And that's what I've done. So I'm just going to continue to stay focused on all those great things we've been able to accomplish. What is your relationship with the mayor right now? Do you have one? The two of you buried the hatchet at least for an hour in public in October when your community celebrated the $60 million last mile Amazon distribution center that created 200 jobs in time for Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, what happened since then? 
Well, again, you know, I, you know, I, mean, I can't tell you that, uh, you know, we have a warm and fuzzy uh, relationship. But, uh, you know, my thing is, if we can continue to just move forward with, uh, you know, the positive things in my community, you know, I mean, hey, you know, you can't be worried about relationships. You can't be worried about whether we get along as long as my community is being provided for, as long as we continue to bring jobs and opportunity. That's what this that's what we're elected to do. We're not elected to like each other. We're not elected to, you know, be best friends. We're elected to move our communities forward. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. And so I'm not going to get caught up in, you know, whether or not uh, we have a good relationship, bad relationship. My thing is, let's continue to serve the people of this great city, especially the people in my ward. Is she a grudge holder? I, you know, I can't answer that. That's um, I'm, again, Fran, I'm just going to continue to move forward with what I need to do in this community. How is police superintendent David Brown doing? Is he up to the job? Is he independent enough, visible enough? Well, you know, you know, a lot of people are saying that he's not as visible as former uh, past superintendents. And uh, I'm hoping that he's just trying to get his legs from up under, get his legs under him um, because he walked into a huge mess in this city and we are dealing with a lot of things. And so I'm hoping that his absence is just, he's digging in, trying to figure out how we can roll out um, some things to help this city. And I hope, you know, this cop house is one of the things that's on his agenda. What does he need to do? Don't people want to see their police superintendent out there and uh, and and hear from them, particularly when things are this bad? Well, again, you know, as long as the absence or perceived absence is the fact that he is just digging in, trying to learn, trying to implement, trying to solve our problems. You know, my thing is, I don't care if I ever see you, if I see results. Now, if I, we don't see results and we don't see you, then that's a, that's a bigger problem. So I'm just hoping that, you know, because he didn't know the city of Chicago, that he is, you know, really just trying to come in because we want the superintendent to be successful. We want to solve these problems in our community. And so, you know, we want to support him and what he's trying to do. And so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, he's just trying to really dig in and figure out, you know, how we can solve these problems in the city. Downtown has been hit by two devastating rounds of looting that spread from downtown and River North into the neighborhoods. And the downtown area is still pretty much a shell of what it once was. People are afraid. People are afraid downtown. They're afraid everywhere. Why is that? Well, you know, because people are afraid of um, the things that happen. They're afraid of all the looting that happened, the, the, the two ways of looting. They're afraid of these carjackings. They're afraid of the numbers of murders that we, that we're hurt, that's hurting this city. And so those are the things that people are afraid of. So when people are afraid, what do they do? They leave. And so we, that's why we have to really reverse this trend because people are leaving the city and we have to reverse that trend and we have to, we have to get our downtown functional again because right now, Fran, when you go downtown, it's a ghost town with the exception of the amount of police that you see down there. And that's another problem that I hear in my community is, you know, they're still taking the police out of the neighborhoods and sending them downtown. That's a problem because the problems are in the community. The problems aren't downtown. And so if you keep taking our resources downtown, that's exposing the community that much more. And so we need to we need to you know move some of those officers back into the community because right now there's nothing going on downtown. So why are all these resources still downtown? So have you talked to Superintendent Brown about that? Have you tried? 
Well, we've we've had conversations with him. The Black Caucus has had conversations with him, and uh, you know, and you know, when when you ask those kind of questions, you know, it's hard getting um, the right answers. What do they say when you ask those questions? Well, again, I mean, we all know that downtown is what they call the golden goose. We we understand that that is the economic engine for the city of Chicago. However, there's nothing going on downtown right now. There's no people downtown right now because of the, the, the virus, because people are shutting, you know, they're shutting themselves in inside their homes. So we need to move those resources back out to the community. And so, you know, we're going to continue to try to work with the superintendent because, again, I'm going to say this once again, Fran, we need the superintendent to be successful. We need to support him and we need to, you know, help him with the problems that we're having in the city. Do you think he's over his head for coming from Dallas? Well, I can just say that when he, I know he walked into a lot. And so uh, we want to, you know, the lear- there was a learning curve. And, you know, now we need to, you know, start implementing. We need to start reducing some of this crime. And, uh, you know, because, again, it's in the best interest of the city that he succeeds. The honeymoon is over then. Oh, the whole honeymoon's been over a long time, long time ago. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, it's one thing to learn the city for a couple of months, but at this point, we've got a serious problem. Right. Well, part of the problem was when you get rid of uh, a lot of the institutional knowledge, and uh, that was one of the things that uh, I think the superintendent made as a misstep is, you know, got rid of a lot of institutional knowledge. A lot of his top brass was replaced, and that uh, is another huge learning curve when he's trying to learn you don't need everybody up under you trying to learn as well. You're talking about Fred, Fred Riccio, uh, I mean, Anthony Riccio and Fred Waller. And, and, and Fred Waller, absolutely. And Barbara West. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's been others. I mean, so that was a mistake. Did he do City Hall's bidding in getting rid of those people? Wh- you know, why did he I, do it? I, I, that's a question you have to ask the superintendent. Um, I can't explain why he made those moves like he did. Uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, uh, you know, we have to continue to just move forward. We can't keep looking in the rearview mirror. We got to look forward. We got to look at what's ahead of us. And right now, the murder rate is ahead of us. The carjacking issue is ahead of us. And a huge budget deficit is ahead of us. And so all those things uh, are ahead of us that we need to be looking forward. In the run-up to the 29 to 21 vote on Mayor Lightfoot's pandemic budget that was the closest in decades, you accused your colleagues in the Black Caucus of kind of selling themselves short. You thought they could have held out for more. Instead, they caved when the mayor warned those who dared to oppose her budget, don't come to me for you know what when it comes to her capital plan. What should they have held out for? Well, you know, I just think personally that, uh, you know, the Black Caucus, we were fighting for $50 million in crime prevention. And, uh, you know, we settled for, um, you know, CARES Act money instead of uh, really um, corporate funds to make sure that those funds are going to be there going forward. Because if CARES Act money goes away, then the money that was put in this budget um, is going to go away. Uh, and, we're, and we're just trying to, once again, we're all trying to reduce crime in our area. And we know that crime intervention uh, is another tool that we're trying to use. And I think settling when you have, um, you know, 20 black aldermen, 19 black aldermen, um, you know, trying to vote on a budget, 
I think you can you can get more than just settling. I think you can get everything you want if everybody sticks together. And uh, you know, and I think you will see our communities uh, benefit more if if we all just stick together and and vote as a co- cohesive block instead of you know um, you know being splintered. So why didn't they? Well, that's a question that you have to ask them. Uh, what you do know, you I'm, think? I, I just think that uh, if we stick together, we can get uh, more than crumbs. We can get the whole pie or get a big share of the pie in order to benefit our communities. And that's always what I'm advocating for. But there's always middle ground. But at the same time, you know, when you're putting a block of votes on something, you should, uh, you know, I think you can get more than what uh, that you th- you can get more than what you think you can get. You've also called this a smoke and mirrors budget. You've said that the mayor's plan to refinance $1.7 billion in general obligation and sales tax securitization bonds and claim $949 million of the savings in the first two years. You've called that scoop and toss on steroids. You've also warned about the cost of the police contract when finally that bill for almost four years of back pay comes due when they finally settle this. Since then, the mayor opted for a $450 million short-term borrowing to buy time for Congress to ride to the rescue with replacement revenue for pandemic-rapid cities and states. It looks like she might get away with that gamble now that Joe Biden's in the White House and Democrats control both the House and Senate. Well, I mean, we, we will see. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the federal government, uh, you know, gives us a big chunk of money to help us out. Um, I mean, we all want that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we can't continue to gamble with the taxpayers' dollars. And uh, right now, the people need to just know that, you know, we're mortgaging their children's and their grandchildren's future away and that they're going to have to pay for this $1.7 billion down the road. Uh, our economy is still not rebounding like we want it to yet. So we still, they're predicting it's going to take another two years before we really start seeing the economy turn around, um, you know, to the positive. And so, you know, to just take that amount of money and, you know, bundle it, refinance it and toss it down the road. I just think that wasn't the, the, the good approach. And uh, when you look at it um, to, to get 28, 29 votes on a scoop and toss budget, that's, uh, you know, that budget should have been passed, you know, 45, 46 uh, votes easily because uh, when you when you do a scoop and toss budget, those are easy budgets to vote for because you're not impacting the residents on a large scale. Mayor Lightfoot is approaching midterm. How would you say she's doing? What are her chances for reelection? You know, I'm, I'm not going to get into the political side of this. Um, you know, we all are crossing our midterms. Um, you know, and we still um, have a lot of work to do. And I, you know, I'm going to continue to just focus on the ninth ward and seeing how I can benefit to help the city of Chicago reduce crime, increase the education system and bring jobs and opportunity back to this city. That's what I'm focused on. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens in, in, you know, after the midterms going into the next election. Are you worried about the new ward map that coincides with the 2020 census? Uh, Chicago is hemorrhaging black population, has been for some time. Won't there be fewer black wards? Well, we're going to see. Um, we don't know what the numbers look like yet. Um, you know, all we, all we hear is um, speculation. Uh, but let's see what the numbers look look like when they when they come about. We may not uh, lose a black ward. 
we may how could we not how could we not we don't know what the numbers look like um until the numbers come to us from the census we we really don't know and so we're just speculating and so let's see what the numbers look like and then we you know you need 41 votes to pass a a a remap and so that's going to take a lot of heavy lifting to get 41 votes on a on a map um to pass here in the city of chicago so we might end up having to believe it we we might have a couple of maps at the end of the day. And we might end up in court, too. We might end up in court, and we might end up uh, as a referendum and let the people decide. Wow. Well, Anthony Beal, best of luck to you on your cop house and on your redevelopment and on your success story out in Pullman. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And we will see you all next week. Thank you. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.